Well, here we go. The Big 12 Championship is here. I'm Pete Mundo, or Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It's great to be here with you. And as we dive into a fun, fun Big 12 Championship uh, Week show, let me remind you and ask you to leave us that rating and review and subscribe to this podcast because in return, we send you a free Heartland College Sports Koozie in the mail when you leave me a rating and a review and you send a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It's a easy way for you to help grow this show organically. It's because of you guys that this show has had so much success. So it's my way of saying thank you, and we do appreciate you guys doing that. As we get you set for Iowa State and Oklahoma this weekend, uh, boy, what a uh, what a season. Huh? What a season. <laughs> what a year. Get me to 2021, please. Get me there, right? Oh, boy. Okay, so let's first talk about where the Big 12 is in the college football playoff rankings. I, I think that's where I want to start here. I believe Iowa State should have a decent shot at the playoff. Everyone's just counting out Iowa State, and I don't really understand why. I, I, I genuinely don't get it and can't figure it out. They're sitting there right now at number six. They're about to play a top 10 team in, a top 10 team in Oklahoma who, if they win, they'll have three top 25 wins. Now, there's this notion that Notre Dame and Clemson are both locks for the college football playoff. I frankly don't really get it. I, I genuinely don't get it. Like, why should Notre Dame, if they get blown out by Clemson, be a lock for the college football playoff when they'll have played a total of what? Eight games, or I guess they would have played 11 games. So they'll have played 11 games. All right, fine. That's all well and good. They'll have played 11 games. But, you know, they beat Clemson the first time around when they didn't have a guy at quarterback who's a Heisman contender, who's probably going to be the number one NFL draft pick. Isn't this exactly, exactly what the college football playoff committee told us, like, they were needed for to use the eye test when it was necessary to some capacity? Like, wasn't this exactly what this system was built for? So it's not just about computers, and it's about human beings using common sense. If Clemson blows out Notre Dame, then you can make an easy case that, okay, Notre Dame beat Clemson when they were number one, but, I mean, it was a Clemson team that didn't have its best player. Like, I I just, I, I don't know why Notre Dame's a lock if they lose. I genuinely don't get it. And then... You've got the Big Ten deal where Ohio State plays Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game uh, this weekend. And in that situation, I said to myself, okay, if Northwestern pulls off the upset, which I'm not picking to happen, but if they do, then you could potentially have a debate between a Big 12 champion, two-loss Iowa State, and a one-loss non-conference champion, Texas A&M, if A&M beats the uh, Tennessee Vols this weekend. To me, that's a no-brainer. Like, we've been told by this college football playoff committee, just ask TCU and Baylor fans, going back six years ago now, about the 13th data point. You need the 13th data point. Conference championship game, 13th data point. That's what we were told. Ohio State will have six games. That's six data points. Six. 
Texas A&M will have nine data points and no conference championship game that they played in. They will have one top 25 win, and Iowa State would, if they beat Oklahoma, have three. How is it a lock that Texas A&M would theoretically get in over Iowa State if Iowa State beat Oklahoma? Like I heard, and I, I, um, I think Clay Travis on college football is very good. And I was listening to him on Friday, or was it, no, it was Wednesday. And he rightfully made the point the morning after the rankings that the college football playoff committee makes it up as they go in terms of what is important, right? 13th data point, eye test. But then he makes the case that A&M is in if Ohio State loses and Iowa State were to win. That, that's just not, not right. It's not right. I know that the committee would want a brand like A&M in over in Iowa State. I, I get it. Um, and it is a TV product. Let's be honest. This is a TV show. But if the committee is doing what it said it was supposed to do from day one, then that is not, not in any way, shape, or form the way that this should go down. It's just not. Is the committee going to be called out on it? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, but there's a lot of hate for Iowa State this week being at number six. A lot of hate. What about Coastal Carolina? They're undefeated. Uh, and you know what it is, too? When people say that, it's a disrespect for the Big 12. If there was a Big 10 or SEC team playing football like Iowa State right now with quality top 25 wins, nobody would be batting an eye. It would not even be part of the conversation. But with the Big 12, of course, especially when it's the Big 12 and it's Iowa State. It's not Oklahoma. It's not a blue blood. Oh, it's little measly Iowa State. I love how they talk about this team like it's a Cinderella story. Those of us who have been watching this program with Matt Campbell grow the last few years, no, that's not the case. It's a damn good football program that's building for sustainable success year in, year out. It's not one guy. Never has been, never will be, as long as Matt Campbell is there. Now, for Oklahoma, you know, the path is uh, much more difficult. Now, if they get a big win over Iowa State this weekend, you know, they'll jump Cincinnati, they'll jump Georgia, they'll jump Florida, they'll jump Iowa State. Could they make the leap from 10 to 4? You need major chaos, major chaos. If they blow out Iowa State and you get the chaos, I could make the case. Do I think it's likely? No. But you know what has got to burn you if you're an Oklahoma Sooners fan? And I know many of you think about this all the time, so I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But, man, that Kansas State game where you're sitting there and you're, you're, you're on a 35-14 to 14 lead against this Kansas State team. I know. I, I, I know that Skylar Thompson was still healthy then. And I know that this team was a lot different back then. They didn't have Ramondre Stevenson. They didn't have, uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, Ronnie Perkins. But, boy, that's got to burn you up if you're a Sooners fan. Because if this OU team is sitting there right now, you know, with um, an 8-1 record, they're probably seventh in the country. You know, maybe they're sixth. I don't know what the committee would have done. But then you'd be talking about another chance at a college football playoff for Oklahoma. And uh, this defense, if you were to pair this defense with the 2017 team in particular, the last year of Baker Mayfield, the team that lost to Georgia in that college football playoff double overtime game where they should have won it. Uh, that that would have been special. The way this defense is playing right now under Alex Grinch, that would have been special. That would have been fun. So yeah, you can say 
if and but and what might have been. I'm, I was just thinking about it this week and thought it was kind of an interesting angle because that's how good this OU defense has been, especially over the past uh, few weeks. So it is Big 12 Championship Week, and we are uh, thrilled to be here with you talking about it. I, I can't wait for this game. And if it's anything like last year where you got overtime, Oklahoma-Baylor, you know, the Big 12 Championship last year was was damn good, damn good. It wasn't, um, it wasn't great the first couple of years. You know, the TCU-Oklahoma game was not great. The Texas-Oklahoma game uh, was not great. But last year was classic between OU and Baylor, basically a plan for the college football playoff as well. Going overtime, Baylor with Jacob Zeno, third-string quarterback at the time, almost pulling off the upset. And this year has a chance to be very, very special between these two teams. Between Iowa State looking for its first conference title in 108 years and Oklahoma going for a sixth straight. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. We cover the Big 12 Conference top to bottom. Coming up, I will give you my pick, my preview, my prediction for the Big 12 Championship game. That's next. Well, here we go, wrapping up our Big 12 Championship show. And I couldn't leave you, right? I couldn't leave you without my preview and my prediction. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Great to have you here. And uh, can't believe it. The end of the season, end of the regular season, is this weekend. We've got Oklahoma taking on Iowa State. It is going to be at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Jerry World where the Big 12 championship game always is since it's been back. 11 o'clock kickoff on Saturday the 19th on ABC. Sean McDonough, Todd Blackledge on the call. Todd McShay, Allison Williams on the sidelines. And Oklahoma is a five-point favorite in this game. These two teams have played very, very close games. How about this for a little fun fact? Iowa State and Oklahoma have split their last four series meetings. They're two and two, with Iowa State owning a plus-three scoring advantage 143 to 140. I'm going to give you a couple of key players in this game for uh, both sides of the ball and then go from there. And I'll give you my prediction and preview at the end. So for the Sooners, it's easy to say that Spencer Rattler is the most important guy in this game at quarterback for Oklahoma. But I actually don't believe that. I think it's Ramondre Stevenson who has given this running game a jolt that it desperately needed when he came back from suspension. He's averaging six yards per carry over the last four games. He's got six rushing touchdowns in those four games. And yes, Spencer Rattler has improved, but a big reason he's improved as a freshman quarterback is because of what his running game has been able to provide him in a way that it wasn't, right? Because OU is very thin at running back. You know, you had the opting out of uh, Kennedy Brooks. You had the transfer of Trey Sermon to Ohio State. Like, we, we saw all of that happen unexpectedly in many ways uh, prior to the season, leading up to the season. Ramondre Stevenson is a beast. Dude comes back uh, after his suspension, and he has just been a, a, just a workhorse in that backfield. So to me, he's the most important guy in the offense because if he can get going early, then you can open up the passing game for Spencer Rattler. He's going to have some jitters, you know, redshirt freshman, first time starting in a Big 12 championship game. And uh, that's a very big deal. There are some nerves there. Defensively for the Oklahoma Sooners, Ronnie Perkins, another guy who missed the first few games due to suspension. 
Since he's returned, he has changed this Oklahoma defense. Not single-handedly. They were getting better as a unit under Alex Grinch. But you talk about what this guy's done in four games. 18 tackles at defensive end, eight tackles for loss, and four sacks. He has been on an absolute tear. And he's probably going to the NFL draft, in which case he may have worked himself up to a you know middle first-round pick. That's how good Ronnie Perkins has been at that defensive end spot, and he has helped take this defense to the next level. For Iowa State, the key players that I'm looking at here for the Cyclones, Brock Purdy, uh, yes, you could go with Brees Hall, but Brock Purdy at quarterback needs to be efficient in the passing game for this team to have a chance to win. Not have a chance. They beat no you, but you know what I mean. To pull off the win, that's what they've got to do. And he also has to use his great pocket awareness and mobility to really slow down this Oklahoma defensive line that is uh, top-notch, you know, top, top-notch. So Brock Purdy's got to be efficient. He's got to be mobile in the pocket. He may have to use his legs more than he previously has. Uh, and then he's got to find his tight ends. We know he loves his tight ends. And he's got to find them. Defensively for Iowa State, Mike Rose at linebacker. And he's just one of the many leaders on this defense. But he leads the Big 12. He's got four interceptions. That's tied for the most of any linebacker in the country. And these are interceptions that come in big moments. Think of that diving interception against TCU with under four minutes left. Help seal the win. Uh, how about against Baylor? Right? He intercepted a pass in the end zone with a minute left. He has made big plays in big moments. And you're going to need more of that if you're Mike Rose, who is a veteran. He started 36 games in his career. Leads the team with 81 tackles. A career-high 13 in Iowa State's win over Texas on Black Friday. Helped them pull off that victory, that upset. So there's your guy right there. Then you've got the key storylines. For Oklahoma, here's what Oklahoma's got to do. We know that Lincoln Riley's got the most dominant offense in the Big 12, right? It's the most efficient offense in the Big 12, going up against an Iowa State defense that has been really good, but weaker against the pass. Ranking sixth in the Big 12 in defensive passing efficiency. That means Spencer Rattler playing in his first Big 12 title game, Needs to have himself a day getting to his targets. Uh, Marvin Mims, Theo Weiss, those are the guys that are going to have to step to the plate and have big afternoons for Oklahoma. And that is going to be set up, as I mentioned earlier, I believe, by the running game, getting a little momentum early. That then opens up the passing game for OU. For Iowa State, they got to keep up. I think Oklahoma's going to get us 35 points, 35-plus points. How do you do it? Try to slow down that defensive front. This is... Arguably the biggest matchup in the game. Iowa State, which has given up the fewest sacks in the Big 12, only giving up 10 in 10 games, while the Sooners have 33 sacks in nine games, the most in the conference. Whoever wins this key matchup wins the game. That means that, as I mentioned earlier, Brock Purdy being mobile, the Iowa State offensive line playing lights out and slowing down that front line for the Sooners. That's what that side of the ball comes down to. Now for the prediction. For my pick. I'll give you straight up and against the spread. You look at this game and you say, this can be a classic. And my heart says the Cyclones, but here's the thing. That's not because I'm an Iowa State fan or an Iowa State homer. I've got no ties to Iowa State. But let's be honest. They haven't won a conference title in football in 108 years. Oklahoma's won five straight. I like OU too. I used to work in the state. I covered them. But I mean, come on, 108 years? So I, 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 that would be a great story. That'd be a fun story in a COVID year. But my head is saying Oklahoma. Despite all of it, 
Lincoln Riley's team is not one this year that is just all about the offense. It's not. Alex Grinch has had the OU defense playing its best football in a decade. That's how good that side of the ball has been for the Sooners. Also, OU avoided that road trip to Morgantown last week due to the COVID issues. That wears any team down. They're fresh. I'm hearing their practices have been off the charts. They'll be rested. They still are the more talented team. They're playing on a fast track in a perfect environment. It's not like 20 degrees up in Ames. And they've got the more experience in a game like this. I am going to take the Oklahoma Sooners with a 38-31 to victory over Iowa State, covering the five-point spread and winning a sixth straight Big 12 championship. There you go. Oklahoma 38, Iowa State 31. I'm Pete Mundo. It's a shortened show this week since we had, of course, uh, full breakdowns with our two guests this week, Chris Plank and Chris Williams. Got an Iowa State and an Oklahoma perspective on both ends of that. If you missed those shows, they are in the podcast. Just go download them and leave us that rating and review on this podcast. It helps us grow the show tremendously, more than you realize. I mean, you know, iTunes, they all have these different algorithms. And by you leaving a rating and a review... It helps this show grow. I thank you greatly for doing it. And that's why I will send you a Heartland College Sports koozie if you leave me a rating and a review on this show and then send me a screenshot of it to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It's my way of saying thanks to you guys, especially around Christmas, right? Around Christmas, a way to say thanks from your favorite Big 12 podcast. Enjoy the Big 12 championship game. If you're an Oklahoma or an Iowa State fan, I know you'll be on the edge of your seat. And uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday after the college football playoff gets announced. And we'll do a Big 12 uh, championship recap show, a college football playoff recap show. Looking forward to that on Sunday. Talk to you guys then.